2: hey everybody what is going on welcome to a new season of the football guys dfs power grid this year it is presented by rotogrinders.com that's why i'm involved you don't know who i am i'm dan Fox, media director over at roto been in the dfs streets For like 11, 12 years. It's crazy. I lose count. But I'm excited to uh, come back with my guys over at Football Guys and do a kind of co-branded show. If you're watching this, it's probably on the uh, Football Guys YouTube feed. Could be listening to it on the Audible or on the Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Football feed. But either way, any way you're consuming this, we're happy to have you with us. And joining us back again for another season of the Power Grid Let's start out with Mr. Devin Knotts. Uh, how are you, Devin?
3: I thought
1: about wearing some Draft Street merch just dating back to, I think, 10 years ago when we were playing college football together. So good to be connecting. Um, glad to be here and glad glad for the partnership.
2: I, I still have nightmares about that because uh, back in the Draft Street college football days, and believe me, there's plenty of people who are like, Draft Street? Google it, kids. Google it. <laughs> and uh, Devin was like one of the few people who could beat me at dfs college football back in the day and uh you know i just hated i hated it whenever we matched up against each other because i knew there was a good chance i was gonna lose so it's good to be talking nfl with you today we got phil alexander you can find him on twitter at phil fbg what's going on phil how are you phil you got you got to unmute yourself buddy it's all right don't worry it's the first show, you're allowed to make mistakes. Opening day jitters. All right. Well, Phil's got microphone problems, <laughs> so then we'll just move on over to uh, John Tip and Pick Lee, who, you know, I, I was a little bit nervous to come back and do a show with John Lee, mainly because the last time I did a show with John Lee on Thursday nights, or I think it might have been Wednesdays back then, <laughs> We'd like dress up like Peter Overzet and sing songs. and it was, a, it, it was great years ago, but we're way too old for that now. John, welcome to another year of, of the Power Grid, my man.
3: Thank you, and uh, I agree we are too old. You're as old now as I was back then, and he used to make fun of me, so uh, just <laughs>
2: just know that uh, you have caught up, my man. Oh, as sad as that could be. Let's see if he's got his microphone working. Does Phil have his microphone working?
4: We doing any better?
2: We're yes. doing way better. What's going on, Mr. Alexander? How are you, sir?
4: Doing great. Welcome to the basement bar, where uh, where bad decisions make great stories. The the story of my DFS career as well.
2: I love it. I love it. All right. Well, again, we've got kind of we're we're kind of new to each other, so we're gonna feel ourselves out here a little bit. We're gonna have some fun, but obviously, we're gonna be talking DFS. That's what the power grid's about. That's what we do over at Roto Grinders. Again, if you're not a subscriber to either of our two sites, very complimentary. Okay, so check them out over at footballguys.com or rotogrinders.com. And I'll tell you what, we'll kind of put you right down, give you all the information you need to know throughout this DFS season. And uh, it's a pleasure to uh, be doing this show. Um, since we're kind of new to each other's audience here a little bit, I think it's good to give a little bit of an introduction, a little bit of a background. So uh, I'm going to start with the man I know least, and that's my man, Phil, who I can tell is from the new- Northeast. I can tell that he likes beer, and he's got some badass sleeve going on of the tattoo. So, Phil, um, I'm going to go around and ask everybody one question, okay? They're going to be different questions, but Uh-oh. we're going to do this like every show To kind of just get to know each other a little bit so my question to you phil is if if you're going to karaoke what song would you karaoke to
4: that would be wu-tang triumph and i would be able to do all nine verses without any problem at all
2: wow okay see that's what i'm talking about i would have probably guess something like Bon Jovi, not (laughs) Wu-Tang, but there we go. Okay, Devin, my question for you, if you could, if you're going to get like a semi-late night, not like two in the morning, but if you're going to get a snack somewhere out there, fast food or, or gas station, what is your go-to snack?
1: Go-to snack. It's probably Cheez-Its. I'm a big Cheez-It guy.
2: Your big cheese. Do you have like a favorite variety of cheese? No so original kind of, che- well, original
1: kind of... its Gas station road trips.
2: You know, you know. John told me that you're kind of the old guy of the group, and that yeah. answer definitely kind of. <laughs> I mean, that's about as boring as you could get when it comes down to cheese. I mean, no you could
1: go with beef jerky. You, you don't get to the size that I am, where uh, would, I'm a big snack guy. So anything that has salt, anything that's sweet, I'm I'm in.
2: All right. And uh, John Tippen I mean, I can go a number of places because I know you um, incredibly well. Uh, let's just go with here tonight. What was the last concert you attended?
3: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, tr- probably I, I did have tickets to see Garth Brooks in two weeks and he canceled. Uh, that's not what I that, asked. Before that was probably Amos Lee, uh, who you probably don't know distant relative, uh, perhaps, but he That's seems true. a lot better than I do.
2: Uh, well, we all know that if you've been around these football guys and roto grinder shows over the years. All right. Well, now that we got to know each other a little bit, let's get into the games here this week. Uh, fun, fun week of games, I think, because it's, it's week one, salaries came out like months in advance and You know, obviously a lot of things change from, you know, that time to where we stand today. And what I kind of think is most interesting about this week, Phil, is a lot of our analysis is kind of based on Vegas. Looking at a lot of these lines, what's going to be high scoring, what's not going to be high scoring. But in all honesty, that seems to change year after year. How much, you know, how much are you putting into this week one? Because, you know, there's a there's a couple games that that we've got listed that, you know, we've got new coaches like how do we really know exactly how these games are going to play out when you've got new coaches on each side. So how much are you like looking at Vegas this week in terms of like building your lineups.
4: So I'm always looking to Vegas first, you know, just as a general guideline when I start my player pool. And uh, this week, you know, even though there is a lot of new situations, there's also a lot that we've come to count on. Uh, So there's some high totals. uh, Tennessee, Arizona is one that I'm looking at uh, where they're either returning similar teams or they've added to the offense uh, and improved. So I think that, uh, that that would be one that, looks to me like it's reliable um there are also a number of games that are kind of in that that range of close to 50 but not quite there uh and and some of those seem to be going under the radar um i'll I'll throw it to john i know he likes to uh sometimes go over what he's looking at in vegas and then uh and then we'll kind of uh See what he's identified, and and see if that lines up with um with what I'm looking at.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe maybe where Dan's going here is uh, week one. We really don't know what we don't know yet, and uh, you know, of course, Vegas is going to give us the the lines, and that's going to be um, the the basis for the way we, the way we do a lot of things in week one. Uh, a couple home teams this week uh, have have high high team totals. Those being Kansas City. Uh, with Patrick Mahomes, Devin's uh, Browns are traveling over there to Arrowhead. Uh, They're the only team this week that has a team total and implied team total over 30 points. Uh, And, and, you know, it'll be interesting this year to see, you know, last year we saw a lot of offense because there were no fans in the stadium. Um, This year we have fans in the stadium and at least in week one, we're seeing the, uh, the Vegas Lions reflect that Uh, the the highest team total on the week is 30.3 points with Kansas city. And then it's a, it's a decent drop down to Tennessee and Buffalo, Tennessee taking on uh, the Cardinals, as Phil just talked about. Buffalo is hosting Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers, and both of those teams have about 27 and a half point uh, uh, implied team totals. And then after that, uh, you're looking at Green Bay and New Orleans, which could be a barn burner. That's a uh, 50 point total down in New Orleans. Um, you got Jameis Winston against Aaron Rodgers, a couple of gunslingers there. Uh, that game is, is, you know, it's got a bit of shootout potential. But the, I guess the question, if you're going to take New Orleans, is, well, you know, Michael Thomas is out. So what, what wide receiver are we going with? And uh, I think there's one that uh, is going to be extremely popular this week. We'll talk about in, in a bit. But I think, uh, you know, wrapping it up, it, you, you need to identify a, a, a game that has a 46-point total or thereabouts. All they need to do is go over that by one touchdown, ten points, and you all of a sudden identified uh, a pair of teams that you can stack um, in a GPP and come out ahead.
2: Devin, let me let's throw it to you on this Cleveland Kansas City game because it does have the highest number on the slate this week, which I don't think anybody's surprised. Most games with Kansas City probably do, but I I also look at at Cleveland as I think they're. I think they're a better defensive team than they are offensive team. Like, I really think that this squad is, you know, if they go as far as they did last year or even further, it's going to be on the backs of the defense, not the offense. Do you agree with that take? And do you feel like maybe that number's too high and that we don't necessarily need to be jamming in a Mahomes or a Kelsey or a – uh, or, or a Tyreek Hill this week when it's it's entirely possible. I mean, there's plenty of 3K guys, sub-4K guys this week where you can get those guys in fairly easily. What's your take on this game being somebody who's so plugged into yeah. the the Cleveland side?
1: Yeah, so I think Cleveland's going to be interesting because um, they have a significant number of new people on that defense. So they have Jadavian Clowney, they have um, – At safety, they have John Johnson. They have Anthony Walker at linebacker. So they've added a bunch of new pieces, and I think you're right. Defense is probably the safest place for Cleveland. They're going to be as good as Baker Mayfield is, and I think for those that have watched this show, they know my feelings on Baker Mayfield, Um, and it's not necessarily positive. But um, I I think people are going to potentially make a mistake, and we'll talk about tight ends here in a minute, but about just looking at historicals. But John Johnson does make a significant difference – The Browns have not had anyone, anyone like that to cover someone like Kelsey. They've been one of the worst teams covering tight ends um, over the last several years. They also get Grant Delpit back who missed last year. So it's a rebuilt defense. It's not going to be the defense that I think people think. I think it'll be a, it'll be a solid unit.
2: Yeah, I do too. I think there's one game that, um, I think there's going to be a lot of plays from that. I am nervous about here, John, and, It's Atlanta and Philadelphia. I think going into this year, everybody thought this is going to be a shootout. These two teams stunk at defense. But they also fall into this category that I opened up about. New head coach on both teams. You know, Philadelphia has Sirianni. Atlanta got got Arthur Smith, I think his name was, from, from Tennessee. And it's not like Tennessee's a team that, yeah, they had a good offense, but it was mainly because they had good players not necessarily because they wanted to play at a crazy fast pace or or anything like that. They have Derrick Henry. It's not hard. So, you know, this is a game that people are looking at really strongly for plays, and I think this is one that could fall into that category of one like, like, yeah, it's a 48-and-a-half total. Maybe these teams play a lot slower under these new coaches.
3: Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, it's a great point, and, and you got to think about – uh, it's not just the coaches, right? I mean, uh, Atlanta is going to run out Mike Davis at, at running back. We really don't know what's going on there. You've got, uh, uh, in Philadelphia, you have a new quarterback, or a quarterback with a, you know, a little bit of experience, and Jalen Hurts, uh, and, and a wide receiving core with Devontae Smith, and people are excited about him, but we don't know what he's going to be like at this level, and Jalen Rieger didn't blow the world on fire last year, so. There are a lot of questions on these offenses. So, I, you know, I'm looking at my quick list of uh, folks to talk about tonight, and I don't think I have a single eagle on the list. The only the only player, I think, from that game that I'm interested in, and it's probably only for cash games, we'll get there in a, in a bit, but is uh, Kyle Pitts, the uh, the rookie tight end uh, down there in, in Atlanta. I think he might be a bit low priced uh, for the role that he, he's likely to play in a Julio Jones-less offense there in Atlanta.
2: All right, let's get into some positions here, and uh, we'll look at the quarterbacks. And interesting season here, Phil, because we've got, I think, the most changeover at the position. I don't want to say as long as I can remember, because my memory doesn't go that far. But you know, certainly over the last couple of years, you know, the the number of QBs that we have: um, Lawrence, Wilson, Jones, Goff, Darnold, Winston, Taylor, Wentz, Hurts, Fitzpatrick. Bridgewater, what was that, like, I don't even know, 10, 12 guys? Um, interesting kind of dynamic for us to look at here. Give me your first impressions of some of these new faces in new places and, and ones that you think are, you know, the, the change is going to be a benefit for them from a fantasy perspective this week. Uh,
4: I'm guessing that one was at me. I, I that was, yes. that was. get <laughs> sorry I... so... Yeah, no, I, I, I cut out. I wasn't sure if that happened to everyone or just me. Uh, so, new
2: – It's okay. Like, what, I mean, basically, uh, like, I'll, what do you – I'll take this what, what... one.
1: So, so Phil, Phil's struggling like normal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't just week one. Otherwise, I'd just give him a pass. Um, I, I'm looking to New England. I'm looking to Mac Jones. He's, what, 4400 on DraftKings, which is insanely cheap um Going up, you know, I, I I like the kid. I think that he's going to be put in a position where they don't really have a great running game. You know, they have some some guys, but he's going to be looked to throw. He, the The Patriots aren't going to ease him in. He's he allows you to build in a lot of different options. I think in cash, I might be starting on DraftKings with Mac Jones, which could be scary. I think the other guy that you might want to look up, and it's not necessarily a new places, new faces, but I'll just throw it out there. The other guy I'm considering is Kyler Murray um, at the versus Tennessee. So Tennessee historically had almost no pass rush. Uh, they added, who was it, Bud Dupree on the defensive line. But, you know, is, is that going to completely change the, the defense? I think there's a big opportunity with these running quarterbacks versus a lack of pass rush.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's interesting. For sure. No question. I mean, that total, I think that that's a super stackable game out there with Tennessee and and Arizona, the build this week. I mean, for cash in particular, for me, it's, you know, there's, there's three K wide receivers we're going to talk about. You can put them in and then you get your, your pick of the top running backs. I think quarterback this week, a lot of times there's like obvious choices out there. I think there's a number of ways you could go. I think, you know, you want to go up and get a Josh Allen, um, or a Patrick Mahomes probably don't need to go AK to to against the Browns for him this week, but Allen seems like the high end choice. You can do it. Or, like you say, you can go Mac Jones and go cheaper at quarterback and then maybe pay up a little bit more at one of those wide receiver spots. It's still a little bit early in the week here, John. You, you kind of have a preference in terms of that build. And you know, is there you know, there's one guy in between that I'm potentially looking at, but I'm curious to know where, where you're looking there.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it, Dan. I, I'm <clears throat> looking at – I built a, a cash game lineup. It's still Thursday. It's still early, right? But I built a cash game lineup, and um, Devin uh, – it's, it's hard to believe that Devin and I agree this early in the season. It normally comes in about week eight, week nine before we agree on anything. But Mac Jones is the, is the guy. I mean, at 4.4K at on DK, it's really tough to get away from him because, I mean, the, the quarterback's going to touch the ball 30 times in a game – And, um, you know, you're looking for three, three and a half X, that salary. And, you know, in a week where we don't know a lot, uh, you want to go, you want to save that salary for for players that you know are going to deliver, guys like CMC, who's 9,500, and we'll talk about here in a bit. So for me, the the build this week to your question, Dan, is is probably going cheap at quarterback and then spending up at positions where I'm pretty sure I'm going to get the return on value in a week where there isn't a... You know, we, we don't know anything. There is. Want. See,
2: you're you're missing stuff here, John. You're missing. I think you're missing some wide receiver value here because I oh I, I
3: I've got nothing but wide receiver value in my cash games. But you know the two that I got spend up okay. options at CMC and Travis Kelsey for cash games. And then if you do that, you're spending basically twenty k, your forty percent of your salary on those two teams. So now you got to spend on average four to five thousand dollars across the rest of your roster. And the the guys you're thinking about, I think I'm thinking about too. I mean, we'll get there. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, yeah. but but it's about building. And, you know, if I'm if I'm spending up, it's gonna be Josh Allen this week in a game yeah, that would I I shoot back and forth. Um, you know, and I had a few guys maybe in between. I heard you say you had one um, I, I'm less confident in them for cash games, but I, but I'm interested. And I'll, I'll, I'll save one of them for GPPs. When we talk about that.
2: Well, I'll throw my guy out there and I'll let Phil decide who he likes between the two is, you know, we got Jameis Winston here now in that new Orleans offense. He's 5,200. I mean, that's uh, that's, that's pretty affordable right there. When you, when you look at, from a salary perspective, we, you know, Mac Jones, I agree. Like he should be okay. But anyway, we still slice it, it's an unknown. We don't know. Like, it's not going to be a Cam Newton offense. I'll grant you that. Okay? It's going to look more like what they did with Tom Brady. But this is also a guy who is, is green. It's his first NFL start ever. Winston's a guy we've seen throw 30 touchdowns in a season. We've seen Sean Payton when he's got a quarterback who can throw it. That quarterback throw for... Five thousand yards or whatever, whatever Breeze was doing. I don't think that he's Drew Breeze, but I still think that he can be effective, especially what we saw in in the short time in preseason. So, Phil, I ask you, who are you more comfortable with, a Winston at fifty two hundred on DraftKings, or a Mac Jones at forty four hundred on DraftKings?
4: Neither of them, Dan. Uh, I I don't. Yeah, I I think. Yeah, I think I was more in line with your first thought, and that's that you could pay up this week and you could get someone uh, from sixty-five uh, going all the way up to Mahomes if you really needed to, which, like you said, you don't. I think I'd be looking at Josh Allen. So my problem with Mac Jones, uh, what's that game going to be like, thirteen-seven? I mean, what are we really expect? I, are you are you looking for more than fifteen points? Are you looking for more than fifteen points for Mac Jones? Are you looking it's for more than Cam
2: Newton though? Okay, like. I, I know in our head we've got this feeling like, oh, New England doesn't do anything. They don't score points. Well, that's when they had a quarterback who legitimately had no arm.
4: That's yeah, not but what what's a has. what's a good game for a rookie pocket passer making now, his I first agree. start? That you know, I it, is it 250 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and absolutely zero on the ground? I mean, that could get you somewhere for 4400, but it's not going to get you past. Uh, the edge that these running quarterbacks give you, so I wouldn't do it. And and then with Winston, we saw him look great in the preseason against Jacksonville. Um, you know, it,
2: it, so th- this careful. week he be careful. This is a Jacksonville it, skyline behind me.
4: <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> so he's uh, so Winston is he's got a lot going against him this week that uh, that wasn't the case when he was playing with Jacksonville in the preseason, right? Number one, uh, you got Z- Zadarius uh, on the, uh, the defensive front for green Bay. That's going to be coming after him. Jacksonville had none of that. He had all the time in the world. Uh, and then his best receiver is, and I'm sure that we're going to talk plenty about him uh, is Marcus Calloway. And he's got a deal with um, Jair Alexander, who might be the best cornerback in football, so how are they going to generate offense? It's probably going to be a lot of Camara, and then good and I'm point. not saying I'm not saying no, Winston. A good point. Yeah, I'm not saying Winston doesn't have uh, a ceiling. And I guess if I had to choose between him and Mac Jones, I would go with Winston. uh But yeah. I don't know. I I sense a value trap because I see that he's starting to creep in tournaments, and I don't think that that is a route I'm looking to go.
2: Interesting. I think he makes some good points uh, against both of those guys, but I still well, don't He know still hasn't given us a quarterback, Dan. So uh, let's let's hear that's, something. He he said Josh yeah. Allen. He, Josh Allen. I'll take it that right. guy. Uh,
4: so if I were playing cash games, it would probably be Josh Allen. Uh, but I don't play cash games. They they bore the hell out of me. Um, I I prefer to play tournaments. And the one guy that I've got my eye on, who I think is a nice price pivot. Uh, off of those guys towards the top is Russell Wilson. Um, so I think John might have mentioned the high total in Seattle and Indy. And that seems to be one when I'm looking at the uh, the, the roster percentage projections early on in the week, that even though it's got that near 50-point total, it's projected to be close. Uh, Indy's defensive backfield is is banged up and and, frankly, pretty bad. Uh, they've got a good pass rush but Wilson uh, could scramble and, and mitigate that I could totally see and, and the great thing about him by the way for tournaments is that you know exactly where those balls are going they're going to DK Metcalf they're going to Tyler Lockett uh, and I think you could gain a lot of leverage because I think they're those receivers are going to be in the 10 to 12 percent range Wilson probably three to five and um, I, I love starting a tournament build that way and then you know, maybe run it back with uh, like a Pittman who should be in for high volume, and then just fill out the rest with um, with chalk, however I can.
2: I think that's interesting because right now Metcalf, out of the top, let's see, seven wide receivers price wise, he comes in um, uh, he comes in fifth in terms of ownership out of those. So he's like the fifth lowest. So therefore we're looking at under 10%, at least on the rotor grinders, early ownership projections. And you're right. I think Devin, it, it, I, I, I love that call for tournaments. And, and I, I gotta think, and, and maybe I'm crazy here, Devin, tell me if I'm crazy, but everyone with a brain who watched Seattle the first five weeks of the season last year, saw Russ cook, saw that offense go freaking hand, and said, oh, my goodness, this guy's going to win the MVP. And then all of a sudden it stopped out of nowhere, completely stopped. They got a new offensive coordinator now. I have a hard time with him not looking back to that first five games and seeing, oh, my goodness, look at how we were humming as an offense. This is what we need to do. Is there a chance we get back to that this week?
1: I think it's definitely possible. I think that um, – I don't love the 1 o'clock West Coast going East type thing. Um but it's week
2: I, one. Eh? It's, it's, I, it's not even I, all the I, way east. It's Midwest. Come on. I
1: That's know. It's zone. Eastern time zone.
2: Oh, Indiana. I'm uh, oh, sorry. They've got that, that yeah. crazy time zone crap yeah. going on
1: there. Yeah. So, But, I mean, look, Wilson's always in play. I, I I think that if he can get back, he was like minus 300 to win the MVP after week five or six, like you referenced. Yeah, so
3: crazy.
1: um If he gets back to that, then you're probably going to win a lot of money there. I'm going to disagree with you guys a little bit. Um, on what we said early on in the the show, I like Jalen Hurts this week. Going up against the Falcons' defense that allowed 307 yards passing per game. If you look at the receivers last year for the Eagles, Greg Ward was their number one receiver. Travis Fulgham was their number two. They have a lot more talent. Hurts has he has a negative perception around him, but he has rushing upside. I think that there's a I think there's an, a, a play where you could play him um and have him run for you know certainly 50 60 yards it could be a shootout game i don't like it in cash but i think in a tournament it's it's more than playable
2: people are going to be playing him for sure there's no question all right let's keep moving Uh, again if you're checking out the show on youtube hit that uh, like button that thumbs up button Uh, leave a comment as well if there's uh, players that you like we'd love to hear them And if you're listening to this on the podcast, whatever podcast feed you're listening to it on, uh, please uh, subscribe to it and, of course, leave a review because the reviews help all the podcast feeds do well. So leave a review. Say, you know, John's wearing a nice salmon-looking shirt today. I appreciate that. Uh, That kind of stuff really, really works well for us. All right. Let's move on to some of the running back positions here and – you know, this week I, I think it's pretty obvious. In your cash game builds, you're, you're you're jamming in the McCaffrey's, the Cooks, the Camaras. So I'm just gonna kind of put it out this way, John. You've got those three guys. How do you rank them? One, two, three? Because uh, I think most people are gonna be playing two. I made a fun little lineup today that actually got all three. Um, that that was that was pretty nice. It, it wasn't unplayable. So, um, but I
1: think with, with Mac game, Jones.
2: Not with Mac Jones, by the way, um, oh. not with Mac Jones. So I, I ask you, yeah, I, I love the crapper receivers this week, Devin. So uh, who rank them for me, one, two, three, and let's put salary in, you know, in consideration here because Camara is almost a thousand cheaper than McCaffrey on DraftKings. I think I'm McCaffrey's way up there too. So uh, break it down for me there, John, between the three big dogs.
3: Yeah, for me, it's it's uh, CMC um, at the top, without question. Uh, he's he's going to be, you know, chomping at the bit to get back and uh, got a nice matchup against the Jets. Uh, after that, it's Kamara. And, you know, I've got it here. Uh, if if uh, Dalvin Cook's percent roster stays where it's at, I'm likely to fade him this week. Maybe not necessarily in cash games. I don't think he's going to be in my cash game roster, but in GPPs, I'm likely fading him in a game... I just don't know that I that I love Minnesota Vikings as a team this year. I mean, we'll see, but I but I I don't think they're going to be very good, and uh, they're going to be outside their comfort zone because they like to feed him first. and And uh, this week, I don't know that that game is going to set up well for them. I think Cincinnati jumps out to an early lead, and maybe he gets taken out. So CMC uh, huh. slight drop to Kamara, and then down to Dalvin Cook. And if you if you play him in your cash game lineup, Dan, just send me over a. Uh, Head to head, and we'll see what happens.
2: Oh wow! I mean, I'm not scoffing at, at the take. I'm scoffing at the take of, oh, Cincinnati's going to be up easy in that game, and they're going to stop feeding Dalvin Cook. That ain't going to happen. Because <laughs> even if they're up, they're still going to get the ball to Dalvin Cook. Um, but from, a, but I don't think you're wrong because, you know, Phil, the thing about Kamara and you kind of set it up talking about Winston is like he feels like their offense right now. And with Latavius Murray out of the equation, are they really going to hand the ball off to Tony Jones on the freaking goal line? Hell no. It, it feels like a Kamara, like ready to eat, thirty fantasy point. You know, I don't say lock of a game, but man, I feel like the touches are going to be all over the place with him. Especially Taysom Hill. Maybe he comes in on the goal line and, and that's what happens there. But still, I, I, I feel like it's. I feel like is like the, the the top dog here.
4: Yeah, Taysom Hill came in plenty at the goal line and in the red zone last year, and Kamara was out there having six touchdown games when it was all said and done. So uh, I'm not too worried about Taysom Hill taking away from him. Those are those are famous last words, by the way, um, especially when you, you need it. But, um, yeah, Green Bay has made a habit over the last couple of years under LaFleur of getting stampeded on the ground. Uh, you know, you think back to to some of their playoff losses and, and they never seem to fix the problem uh, on their defensive front. So uh, I think the path of least resistance against that defense is definitely the run. I think Kamara is one of the best running backs in the game, and uh, I think he definitely warrants high exposure this week. You could play him in cash. You could uh, anchor your lineups with him in tournaments. Um, interesting, Dan, what you said about the the chalky build, you know, the common roster construction this week. Um, Because I was thinking, as I was looking at some of the pricing, um, you look at Joe Mixon, you look at Antonio Gibson in that 6K range, and my thought was, you know, if if you have uh, season-long players that are transitioning and they're dusting off their DraftKings account for the first time in a while, they've been taking these guys as staple running backs in the second round, Uh, they're priced as though they were, you know, they're next to 4 to sixth round picks. Um, my thought was that that was going to be tempting to a lot of people to, to plug a mid range uh, RB two in next to uh Camara cook uh, McCaffrey. I, th- I think the cat,
1: and- I think the casual guy is going to say, I can get the first and second pick of my fantasy league in the same lineup. I'm going to go ahead and do that.
4: That was kind of my thinking. I-, I just, you know, are there a lot of those people anymore? I, I guess a, a couple of I- years ago, there would have been,
2: yeah, I, and this is why week one is so interesting too because even like the ownership projections that we do at, at Roto-Grinders, you guys do at Football Guys, it's really hard to account for the audience that's playing week one because like you say, new people dusting off their account, they bricked their 100 bucks, you know, by week three last season, but they're back because it's a new year. How are they going to play this week? Because by the time we get to week 13 through 18, you know, you're know you really looking at way sharper players, people who are in it, people who are, who are using the content. And hopefully more of you who are finding this show are using our content so you can last that long. But there's a lot of people who don't. There are hundreds of thousands of people who are not. And they probably fall into that bucket that Phil is talking about. And I think it's interesting because you're right. I think too often, week one, week two, week three, I get stuck in the bubble. You know, I'm in this DFS bubble. I'm hanging around these sharp players and guys like John. Just kidding, John. Just kidding. (laughs) I I, I, I had to throw something. And, you know, I I, I get in this bubble and people are, it's almost like turns into the group think, but it doesn't exist for maybe like, 40% Forty percent of the players who are playing Week One, Devin. I, I think it's something to consider yeah. a little bit. And I know you do ownership on football guys a little bit, and and I think you got to agree it's a bit more challenging here the first few weeks.
1: Yeah, Week One has the widest gap as far as the low dollar contests and the higher dollar contests um, in terms of just how rosters are constructed. So, if I think about the lower dollar contests, you're going to have people going with the the heavier um, top end running backs um you're going to have people going with the Kamara at Cook lineups or Kamara McCaffrey lineups in the in the higher dollar you may not see as many of, of those people are going to try and get a little bit more different um i think one guy that's being overlooked here is Derrick Henry um i think he could be under under the radar a little bit if you go back to 2020 um he had 31 carries 25 carries and 26 carries in his first 3 games it leveled off after that a little bit, but it'll be interesting to see if he gets 25 carries, he's at 8,800, he could end up being a sneaky play that kind of goes under the radar when it's all said and done because I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards those top three
2: guys. I think he is an absolutely brilliant play in tournaments, and I say that because, A, it's a very stackable game, and right now, ownership-wise, he's... he's. Um, you know, almost half the number of Dalvin cook, half the number of Kamara. Uh, we got McCaffrey at 16 and him at 10. And I think it's probably more like, like 20 and eight on that one. So I, I think Henry is absolutely the overlooked guy here, John. And here's the crazy thing. Uh, you know, props, people are betting these more, you know, you've got more regulated betting all across the country. So, you know, people love betting props. They're falling earlier and earlier. And right now, you know, Henry's got, I think, the the highest rushing yard prop and the uh, the most likely to score a touchdown prop as well out of anybody this week. And yet, here he is, third highest player, uh, price player, but from an ownership standpoint, he's behind a good number of guys.
3: I I, I love the call. Uh, I put up the the yellow black guy, Joe for that reason. I he's he's on my list of guys that that uh, is a a top-tier GPP play this week uh, for, for the reasons that you guys are describing. He's, he's nestled in there between uh, Kamara, who's going to be super popular, and McCaffrey and Cook, who we've already talked about on the show. And uh, he, he's being overlooked. And in, in terms of uh, my model, he comes out as one of the top GPP plays on the week, and I'll have quite a bit of him especially if uh, A.J. Brown continues to be hobbled. Uh, he's, he's got an issue he's right playing. now. He's playing. He's fine. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, I believe you. I'm not saying he won't play, but he, he's at least uh, you know, questionable, I, I think, as of the time of recording this show. Um, so I like the call. Let's let's get back to cash games, though, because I think we mentioned um, some high-end guys. And uh, while, Dan, you, you seem to fit those all in and you've got some 3K crappers you want to talk about, um, who are the guys in the middle middle tier that are of interest? I, I'll throw one out. I think Antonio Gibson against the Chargers is, is a guy that uh, is going to be utilized in a lot of different ways in that offense this week. I like him more on DK than I do on FanDuel for what it's worth. Uh, I think he's going to catch quite a few passes. You've got uh, Curtis Samuel right now. Looks like he's not going to play due to a groin injury, and um, Antonio Gibson could be lining out, uh, lining up out of the slot and that kind of thing as well. So. Uh, he's a guy I like at 5900 against the Chargers. Um, you know, I go to Phil, but I know he doesn't like cash games. So, Dev, who do you like? Uh, who do you like in that middle tier that that isn't you know a you know a McCaffrey or a Dalvin Cook?
1: Yeah, Joe Joe Mixon's probably my top guy there. Um, I, I think he's probably the safest, but um, the other guy I'm looking at a little bit, and it, it's still early, but uh, James Robinson um, against Houston. So. This Houston team, I'm st- I I still can't figure them out. I think they're going to be terrible. I think most people think they're going to be terrible. Um, but the question is, how how does Trevor Lawrence do? How do they how do they let him go early on in the year? Do they lean on James Robinson? They had planned to do a two back system, but if he can get twenty carries, I think it's a, he has a hundred yard upside as well.
2: I think he's a stone lock on Fanduel. By the FanDuel. way, uh, yeah. he's. He's way too cheap over there. I think on DraftKings, you can get away with it because uh, I agree. I mean, Gibson's $500 cheaper than him. He's a much better play in that situation. Uh, A lot of a couple of our experts in our lineup HQ tool have uh, Raheem Mostert as uh, a tagged play against Detroit. And I think he's kind of interesting, too, simply because, yeah, like at some point in time, Trey Sermon might get that that position. But but Mostert, man, that guy breaks so many big plays. And uh, you know that price tag on him again in that sub six K range is interesting. Probably not doing it in cash, but I, I think he's he's a worthy play. And then one other guy I like to Najee Harris, um, another guy who I think we can look at on FanDuel a little bit as uh, as a cheaper price tag. But but this is interesting though because typically there's like a cheap running back or somebody that you can that you can throw in here. And, and we can't do that. You know, it's unfortunate that the Ravens aren't on this slate Devin, because I would have loved to have heard some sort of rant from you, which <laughs> uh, about like, I don't know. What Tyson Williams. Should or shouldn't be doing yeah. Tyson. Williams. Okay. Give, give us a preview. You say you got a Saturday show. So we don't want really to give away the, yeah, here. I, I like, just give us I a just, preview.
1: I just don't play 25 year old running backs who spent three or four years at three colleges never had 500 yards in either of his seasons caught eight passes in college. I, I just can't get past that. I know he looked okay in the preseason, but I mean, JK Dobbins didn't finish as a top 24 running back last year. Do we really expect Tyson Williams to be better than JK Dobbins? I don't see it. I think Lamar Jackson is going to run all over Oakland, Las Vegas, uh, wherever they play. Um, (laughs) on monday night i think it's a big lamar jackson week the other guy i just want to mention real quick just in case there's news that might break is austin eckler was sort of hobbled on thursday um justin jackson could be in play if eckler were to scratch um there wasn't a lot of information out there it's still it, it happened about a couple hours ago so keep an eye on that one
2: yeah he's kind of been on the sidelines the last couple days of practice um and yeah, that would that would change things a little bit because, but I mean, man, it's again the Chargers. They had all last year with Eckler out, and it was still just a rotating cast of, of who was going to be that guy. So, um, you know, certainly makes him tournament viable for sure. Tough, tough matchup
1: right. too against Washington. They have yeah, one of the best defensive sure. lines.
2: I like the under in that game for what it's worth. If you're if you're into that stuff, um, all right. Let's uh, let's go into the wide receiver spot. And, um, you know, Phil, I'm going to go back to you, Phil. Instead of talking to okay. past games, let's go right into the tournament side of things. And, and uh, you know, I kind of want to know where you're focusing on. I mean, you mentioned, you know, Russell Wilson is the quarterback that you like. So clearly you got Metcalf, you've got um, Lockett, and then you even mentioned running back with Pittman. Uh, is there another kind of situation besides that one that, that you're really angling towards on tournaments?
4: yeah it's a it's a one-off play because uh, i don't necessarily love the game in uh cincinnati minnesota i know that some people seem to and there is some um some ownership concentrating on that game uh but i think one player and it's probably the best player in the game that's flying a bit under the radar is justin jefferson uh he's kind of getting lost in the sea of of mega producers you know from uh Seventy five hundred to eight thousand on DraftKings, and um, when you look at where we have like Calvin Ridley projected, you know Jefferson is at roughly half, and and I don't think that Ridley is twice as likely uh, to hit a ceiling as Jefferson, especially when you consider uh, Trey Wayne's is out again for the Bengals, uh, and they are depleted in a bad secondary. They've got nobody that could cover this guy. Uh, wouldn't shock me if the Minnesota passing game did not go nuts, but just about everything uh, goes through Jefferson. And I guess uh, for that reason, you might want to take a, a look at Adam Thielen too in tournaments. Uh, and that would also uh, give you some leverage on Dalvin Cook uh, if he's going to be one of the more popular running backs. Uh, and then the the other spot that I like for wide receivers is, um, I'm not sure what you guys think about, again, common construction and and how that shakes out, but you know, I kind of thought that people were looking at a fairly expensive wide receiver one in, um, in chalky builds. Uh, and, and that being the case, uh, you know, you'd have Marquez Callaway in there as the as the cost saver. Uh, you have T. Higgins who is badly underpriced, who I think is going to be very popular. Um, So I think that balanced spending across the wide receiver position might be a little unique this week. Uh, And one way that, that I see that you could do it and get some secondary correlation uh, inside of the same lineup is with the Panthers and Jets. Uh, I don't, necessarily like the game. It's a 44-point total and it's got, you know, a rookie quarterback making his first start on the road and Sam Darnold uh who is undeniably terrible. Uh but I I do like the wide receivers and I do not like the defenses and specifically the secondaries on both of those teams. Um the Jets especially are awful in the secondary. They might have the league's worst uh collection of defensive backs. Uh, So Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore are both more than capable of breaking a long one against them, and if Wilson is flinging it in the second half because the Jets are awful and they're losing, uh, we saw how he targeted Corey Davis in the preseason. It was some ungodly, uh, you know, target per route run rate Uh, for 4,900. That makes him interesting. So I like the idea of pairing a Carolina receiver. Uh, and Corey Davis inside of the the same tournament lineup, not as my main stack, but as a little secondary correlation.
2: Yeah, it's interesting that you talk about the Jets because uh, you know there's definitely some some question marks around that team. Um, Jamison Crowder still not you know back yet, uh, not out of COVID protocol, and this kind of leads me down the path to 3K crapper number one. And uh, Elijah Moore, I mean, Devin, you watch college football. You still earn the, the college football streets a little bit. Yeah. Elijah Moore was a freaking stud at Old Miss against really good defenses in the SEC, and it sounds like he was as dominant in the early part of camp before he got hurt, so he didn't really play in the preseason, and – Everybody said this guy is going to be the guy, and now he's 3K. With no Crowder there, I don't know how you don't put this guy into a cash game lineup if Crowder's out. I like him maybe even if Crowder plays, but if Crowder's out, this guy's catching at minimum five passes in this game. So there's five fantasy points for 3K before you account for a single yard or anything else. Do you agree with me on Elijah Moore?
1: I like him in tournaments. I don't know that I can go there and cash. in cash. In a normal week, I think you're probably right. Um, but I'm looking at guys like Marquez Calloway. I'm looking at Jalen Waddell. I'm looking at T. Higgins, Michael Pittman. Oh, okay. um, Stop.
2: I, I got I to interrupt you. Everybody's jumping up and down about Marquez Calloway. Like, oh, Marquez Calloway. He, he's as unknown as Elijah Moore is. Just but, because Michael Thomas is hurt. And he had one good game against the Jaguars in the in the preseason. Everybody's ready to crown this guy as wide receiver one. Come on, but
1: but there there's something about putting a Jets player into your lineup. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a fair statement. <laughs> That's a fair statement. Um, John, where do you where do you break down on this? I mean, uh, because there's even another three K crapper I'm going to get to a little bit, but. Um, Like, are you – let's get to Callaway. Are you, like, in on this guy? I mean, he's 3,400. We got projected ownership at 25% right now on Thursday for him for that weekend slate. I mean, that's a massive number for a guy who has never really done it. Never really done it besides preseason.
3: I'll I'll tell you what I'm thinking. My
2: model right
3: now is calling for me to have 95% exposure – to Marquez Callaway on Sunday. Uh, will I have 95%? Absolutely not. Uh, absolutely Chicken. not. <laughs> but uh, the numbers are there to support the popularity of Marquez Callaway. I mean, who who else is there to catch the ball there? Adam Troutman. Um, I mean, it may, maybe, maybe you guys are right. Maybe it's the Alvin Kamara six touchdown week. But that's a game that's going to uh, go back and forth uh, Callaway will be in my cash game lineup, period. Um, I have no issues with Elijah Moore for what it's worth. Um, he, he was a a guy that, that I watched a little bit in the preseason. And, um, I I think he's, I think he could be the real deal. It's just a matter of whether or not he and, uh, Wilson have a connection when, when the, you know, when the, when it counts, when not in the preseason. Um, uh, a couple other guys that are, have been mentioned uh, for cash. I think uh, T Higgins is, is in play at 4,700. Uh, a guy I didn't hear mentioned was Jerry Judy. Um, Teddy Bridgewater has a real connection with him. Uh, you know, at least that's what we're hearing coming out of Denver. He's 4,800. And then as high as I want to go in cash this week is Terry McLaren um I get the charger. He's 6,400 and it goes back to that whole, um, you know, what, what what's going on with Curtis Samuel there you just throw it to Terry McLaurin and watch him run. Um, And he's got a big upgrade in quarterback this year. So a a lot of reasons to like him. Now um, I want to flip over to GPP's Dan. Um, You, you, you live in Jacksonville. Um, I do. What about what's going on with. So, so typically what happens with my model is uh, my wide receivers drive my quarterback exposure. And two wide receivers that are really coming up hot for me this week are Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault, which means that I could theoretically, at least as of Thursday night, have quite a bit of Jacksonville um, going up against Houston Houston in a game that's, you know, about 46 points. And it goes back to what we were saying early on in the show that, you know, 46, maybe it, it, all they need is one extra touchdown, and all of a sudden you're in the 50s. So, you know, and, and Vegas can be that far off in week one. What are your thoughts on this game? I mean, I think if I remember correctly, uh, and this will get Devin triggered, but DVOA defense as of last (laughs) year were – these two defenses were 31st and 30th respectively, so uh, not a lot of defense.
2: Well, I'll I'll say this much to Jacksonville's defense is, A, their coaches were tanking, their team was tanking, Josh Allen was hurt, C.J. Henderson was hurt. They were playing scrubs all over the place, so – defensively the Jags just are a different team right now. I don't know that they're gonna be good but they'll they at least have players out there now and a coaching staff that's focused so that's number one number two is you nailed the guy who is the guy on that offense and that's Marvin Jones. if you've watched anything so far this this preseason normally I don't put a lot of stock in it. But with a rookie quarterback, I do. Marvin Jones was the guy who was getting all the looks in that offense this preseason, and they were good looks. I mean, they were. He was get. He was getting himself open. He was looking him down. And I'm a little bit worried simply just because Shark didn't play much. But you know, for me, it was clear that Jones over Chenault. Uh, if you're choosing between those two, and Jones this week is just dirt cheap at thirty six hundred. I think he's cash game playable. Because I think it nailed it. Houston is awful. They're in full on tank mode. They just traded away their best player for draft picks. Their best defensive player in Roby is gone. So yeah. I, I think that Jacksonville is an, is an absolute great, great spot, both quarterback and wide receivers. For me, I love Jones. I think he could play Chenault. You could probably play Chark. Nobody's going to be on him. Um, but in catch, if I'm choosing between the two, Marvin Jones is my guy. Devin, I got one for you, though, because, again, going back, college football, you love this stuff. You saw this guy absolutely just smoke your Ohio State Buckeyes. Rondale Moore, baby. He's 3K. He's for Arizona. He's been looking the part this preseason, and God knows he looked the part in the Big Ten the moment that he stepped on the field. Is he viable for you this week at min salary?
1: Not yet. I love the player. I think he's. I think he had 20 catches against Ohio State in a game. Um, the problem is there's so many options in that offense. You know how much how much how much is he going to see? I kind of like another 3K crapper that is sort of going underlooked, and that's a, a Manra St. Brown uh, for Detroit. Ooh. I just don't know how Detroit's going to move the ball at all. Like Tyrell Williams stinks. Who else is going to move the ball? Are they going to feature this rookie from USC? Um, I like him. I, the, let me just throw one guy, one other guy out there. I talked about Travis Kelsey early on. I, I think the Browns put a, a pretty heavy coverage on him in this sort of transitions into tight ends. But I think Tyreek Hill one-on-one against Denzel Ward is a mismatch. We saw that in the playoffs where he had 110 yards and eight catches. Didn't score, but Mahomes um, kind of was injured and wasn't right in that game. I think Tyree kill has a, a big opportunity in tournaments this week.
2: Interesting. So I think, uh, yeah, I think St. Brown's an interesting cat for sure. I think there's a little more risk with him. I, yeah, I, have I agree. A hunch, I have a hunch though. And I don't even know if it's a hunch based on what we kind of saw is, I mean, Rondale Moore, they're going to give him the ball on jet sweeps. They're going to, they're going to like give him short passes. He's not a downfield guy. No, it's going to be a volume situation for him where, he might have like four catches, but they might be within five yards. And the question is, can he break something? If he doesn't, right. he's going to go four for twenty-five. If yeah. he breaks one, he's going to go four and, and probably have like ninety-eight in to touch. So I, I I think he's interesting. He's a stud. I love the kid. So maybe a little bias from my, my college football. Oh, he's one I, of
1: my, he's one of my favorite I'm, college po- players of all time. So I'm I'm right there with you.
2: All right, so Dan,
3: Dan, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Three rookies. Uh, they're all 3K, and I think we already know you – You well, maybe we don't know. You got the two Moors, Elijah and Rondell, and then uh, you didn't mention Terrace Marshall uh, in Carolina. So, he's all right.
2: He's all, all right. right. I'm so, not playing, but he's all right. Uh,
3: at the end of week one, what's the ranking in terms of output? I think it'll be more – I think it'll. No, be... you can't say more. <laughs> there are two of them. That, that's it. that's a cop out. I, I thought I could get away with that. <laughs> um, I'll say Elijah Rondale,
2: St. Brown, Marshall will be my take in terms okay. of those those four. But 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 we'll see. I think it's. I think they're all super interesting. And DraftKings, even though people don't like it, I I love it. I think it it makes it way more interesting of a build to have these these low price guys. All right, let's get to tight ends here before we do. Be sure to hit that thumbs up button. You're watching us on YouTube on the Football Guys YouTube channel. Give us a thumbs up uh, if you're listening on the Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Football feed or the Audible. Please leave us a review as well. It really helps us out. And of course, subscribe. RotoGrinders.com, FootballGuys.com. I'm telling you, two of the best sources you're going to find anywhere for this DFS season. And of course, if you're a season long player, you already know it. Uh, the the Football Guys just have been crushing it for. Can I say two decades? Has it been twenty years of football, guys? Yeah, yeah, multiple decades. It's been great. Um, all right, let's move on to tight ends here, and uh, you know this is a interesting spot here because our, our tournament guy here, Phil, um, he's there's no way he's playing a chalky Kyle Pitts, right? Are you playing? Are you playing? A, no, he's shaking his head at me right now.
4: Yeah, probably not. It, it just seems like the easiest way to avoid a chalky lineup is to uh, forget about Pitts and forget about Callaway uh, and go from there. The guy that I like the best is George Kittle, uh, not because I think he's going to be completely forgotten about. You're not sneaking him past anybody, uh, but he's priced in like tight end no man's land. Right, uh, you got Kelsey at the top, and anybody who wants to pay at the position is going that route. You got Pitts at 4,400, who is a, a fourth-round pick since he got drafted. Um, that's going to be what people are, are looking to do for the most part. And then you got Kittle right in the middle. Uh, I didn't mean to do that; that was horrible. Uh, but but you got you got Kittle in that spot where there's really no other tight ends, and um, it instantly, you know, if, if he ends up ten to 15 percent owned right away you're building in a different direction than most of the field in tournaments not to mention he's george kittle and he's awesome and he's playing the lions Uh, and jimmy garoppolo is confirmed as the quarterback so he's got a pocket passer that knows how to feed him uh san francisco is implied for a lot of points and uh and and kittle's their best target and he's healthy finally uh so I, i love the play there and i think if i was punting i don't know how you guys feel about this but tyler conklin is kind of interesting to me in in minnesota Uh, irv smith was getting a lot of love before he went out for the season unfortunately because that ruined like a solid i don't know 18 percent of my my best ball drafts that i did all (laughs) summer Uh, but the the story there was that when kyle rudolph was out towards the end of 2020 Irv Smith had a 14% target share. He was producing you know, well inside the top eight tight ends. But what was interesting is that Conklin's target share over that same span was actually higher. It was 14.5%. Uh, this guy is a, a small school product, Central Michigan, but he's an athlete. Uh, and he's been impressive when he's gotten playing time. And now he's going to get playing time. I mean, he's the guy that that coaching staff trusts. Uh, Mike Zimmer was talking about him ahead of Smith way back in the spring uh, when, when training camps first started or, or OTAs rather. Um, So I've got my eye on that. He's super cheap. I think he's sub three K if I remember and um, don't do it. I don't think too many people are looking at him.
1: There's no reason to.
2: I, I don't disagree with you, Devin. Okay. I don't disagree. I think Conklin's is somewhat of a thin play there. Um, I I think Kittle is the right. Like, Phil, I can tell I can read your lineups right now. You're going to have like 6K guy all. You're you're just going to be like fair and balanced the whole way. I can see it. You don't like the high end. You don't like the low end. You're like right in the middle. It's going to be Phil's lineups this week. He's like Um, Goldilocks. Yep. Just like Goldilocks. (laughs) Like Goldilocks. Do we have a new nickname?
4: (laughs) Goldilocks
2: Alexander? Is that what we got here? Um, Okay, Devin, I want to get to you here. And I know John wants to comment on Pitts. But, again, I love going to the college football guys because Pitts was a unicorn, okay, in terms of his production at the University of Florida. But it's also a position that if you look historically, rookie tight ends suck. And we've got a 20% owned plus rookie tight end week one given he's underpriced, but again, there's history behind it to say there's a learning curve here. Will this apply to Kyle Pitts or is he legitimately a unicorn when it comes down to early production in the NFL from a college player at this position? I
1: think he's ahead of where other tight ends have been in the past. I still think there's a learning curve. Um, I go all the way back to like 2011, 2012 where uh, a tight end changed, and he's not nearly as, as athletic as Pitts, but Jason Morrow um, never really oh. developed, and uh, yeah. he was one of the best receiving tight ends in college history. So it, it, it doesn't necessarily always well, translate. There's there's a difference. There's let's, a significant Let's, let's be fair. There. Let's
2: be fair. This was a spread offense versus yep. whatever garbage Florida puts yep. out there. A little bit different.
1: Yep, a little bit different. But I look at it and say, do I want to spend 4400 for Pitts, or can I – Find $500 and go TJ Hawkinson. And I think I feel better about Hawkinson. Jared Goff scares the living daylights out of me. I think he's terrible. Um, but who else are they going to throw to? I mean, that's that's the reality. I think Hawkinson is lined up to have 10 to 12 targets almost every week. I think he's he's in line to be the number one receiver in De- Detroit. At 4900 I think I'm going that way in cash. I probably would go that way in tournaments and I would probably fade pits because I think that you can take away a rookie tight
2: end. And we just, there's just so much unknown there. Like there's no reason I think, especially in tournaments in cash, like you can kind of look at the field and say, okay, like I'll beat them somewhere else. You know, if you don't have pits and you're playing 50 -50, fifties, he scores two touchdowns. you're, You're pretty screwed. Okay, that's a pretty fair assessment. So if you want to, like, eat that position and win elsewhere, fine, I can get it. But in tournaments, what's the outcome that it's going to take for you to, like, really regret playing Kyle Pitts? And I don't don't know that it's going to get there. I kind of want to see it ahead of time. John, what's your feeling? Because I think this is a huge discussion point in terms of, like, roster builds for tournament play here. Because there's always – again, you're not – you're, you're building lineups. You're not picking players. But the tight end position is crucial because if you find that guy that's so much better than every other player at that position, it's not like wide receiver where you're going to have six or eight guys do well. Tight end, there might only be one or two a week that splash. If you don't have them, you're not going to finish in the top 1% of the tournament. What's your takeoff on Pitts here? How, how good are we expecting this, this kid to be off the, off the bat?
3: Well, I mean, if anybody's watching the the feed, they saw me nodding the entire time you were talking. I agree 100% that Kyle Pitts <clears throat> should be in your in your cash game lineups. He's he's simply too cheap at 4,400. And if he does do what we think he's going to do, you you're going to be uh, potentially in trouble trying to make up uh, because he's cheap, right? He's half, basically half the price of charles Kelsey. If you can get Kelsey in your lineup, then I'm all for it. Um, despite what too David expensive on
2: draft games, I think.
3: <clears throat> despite what Devin said earlier, I think you know I've been, I, I'm a big fan of Travis Kelsey, even even though he looks like a different person without the beard. Uh, different topic, uh, but Kyle Pitts is uh, he and Logan Thomas right now are my biggest fades at the position for GPPs. Um, if he ends up being over 20, percent I think it's a it's a huge um, over uh, reaction to his college career down in, uh, down in Florida. Uh, the guys that like it at, uh, at the position at GPP, uh, Phil already talked about George Kittle. Um, Hawkinson is a guy that's, I mean, when, when he's competing against the likes of, um, well, a rookie and, 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 uh, Amon St. Here's my first uh, mess up of the year. What is it? Amon St. Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown. I got it. Amon there Ross St. Brown. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, Tyrell Williams. Uh, I, I think Hawkinson is, is right there and he's, uh, he's, uh, quite affordable. And then as a sleeper at the, at the position, um, you know, in a, in a deeper field GPP, I do like Anthony Berkser, uh, against Arizona in a game that's, uh, Phil likes, uh, you know, with, with, a a high total, uh, 3,200. He's not competing against Johnny Smith this year for, for targets. So, uh, he's a, he's my sleeper pick.
1: So we we did an article uh, a few weeks ago, and the number one rookie tight end averaged eight point eight fantasy points per game. Yeah, and that's yeah. E- that's Evan Ingram. So the, the, you're expecting Kyle Pitts to be the best tight end in the history of? Yeah, history I mean he might be. Though. He very I mean, well could be. But that's like, what, like that's honestly, what you're up like
2: he, you know, and and honestly, if if there was. Julio Jones still around I think it would have been like simple like forget about it but the fact you take Julio out and it's just Calvin Ridley and then a bunch of kind of scrubs out there it's it's tempting because you feel like why aren't they going to throw this guy the ball yeah. um, but I, I'm going to th- I, would I interest you in a guy sub 2% ownership final four games of the season last year his targets were 10 7 6 and 11 as a tight end. Might that interest you a little bit? I guess not. Yeah. I get nothing Let's but silence. <laughs> Who is it? Um, Mike Gusecki. I, 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 you look at him towards the end of the year, he kind of was a total dud in the, in the middle of the season. Even kind of the beginning of the year, he had that one huge game against Buffalo, and then he totally fell off, but kind of picked it up at the end of the year. And... You look at his price tag. He's what four point five k on DraftKings, five point five k on Fanduel, and nobody's going to play this guy. Like, if we were to sim this season or this this week out a hundred times, like, how many times more would Gasicki have a greater fantasy output than Kyle Pitts? Like, maybe like half the time. Like, I don't I was think gonna that's say enough- 40 percent. Yeah, like forty percent, and you're looking at. 21% ownership to sub 2 according to what we're looking at at Thursday. So those are the type of guys and Noah Vance is another guy that I like. I know that game is is a is a crap fest, it's a low total, but Noah Fance, a guy who had some really big games before he got hurt last year and nobody's going to play him. Why? Because they say Kyle Pitts is there and he's going to be the next great player. So
4: Robert Tony is
2: like, another one. Oh, Tony uh, I feel so bad that um we can't call him Tanyan anymore i, I like yeah. the better as Robert Tanyan instead of Robert Tunyan. I mean I can um, do that but, if it
3: makes you feel better i'm that's no, all I'm right you all already
2: right. you already said it next week get it right okay. next week get it right um all right let's wrap this up uh defense is real i, I mean i don't i hate defenses someone some, who wants to be the defense guy because I I, I I you pointed to me john in the in the little square that's okay this way. Oh Devin, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. Devin can be the defense guy because I don't want to be that guy. Spend down. Yeah. Take Excellent the Falcons. analysis. There we go. Excellent analysis. Um, all right, let's get to uh, real quick because uh, we got to get out of here. Time's running, running fast on us. Uh, you know, tournament play is is I think that's what the majority of people are playing. I still think he can play cash games in NFL. There's an edge to it there's so many people my recommendation is A, if you're a new player play those new those you know those those new player games like that's where you need to be playing if you're just getting into this now and you qualify for those those new player games play it you have to play it otherwise you'll probably get destroyed but otherwise i'm a head to head guy i don't like 50-50s 50-50s is is not my deal head to heads over 50 50s if you're going to go the cash game route but we love tournaments the world loves tournaments so john um i think the single entry three entry max i know DraftKings has king of the beach coming back which um even those are, are pretty limited entries i think it's uh it's three or, or five entry max in some of those uh qualifiers which i think is is awesome um Give me kind of some strategy that you might look at for that sort of tournament where you don't need to have a crazy good lineup that's gonna beat everybody like you need in the Millie Maker, because the fields are only like maybe you know, way less the size. But you still need to kind of use your head a little bit in the lineup building process. Give me give the people some tips.
3: Yeah, I mean, for me, what I what I typically do in a contest like that is. I'm still game stacking. I think that game stacking has proven itself uh, as a winning strategy for GPPs now over the past few years. And, you know, you just, all you need to do is to look at uh, the biggest names in the industry. They're all doing it. And, uh, uh, and, and my my biggest wins over the past few years have been through game stacking as well. The question is, you know, wh- which games do you stack? And, and and that, you know, goes back to what we were saying earlier. Um, I'm picking Probably not a game that's as obvious. Uh, you know, I, I threw out the, uh, the, the Houston Jacksonville game earlier as one that potentially you could stack. You could run up a, uh, Trevor Lawrence with, uh, Marvin Jones and LaVisca and then run it back with, uh, you know, somebody on the other side, whoever that might be. Um, and then, and once you do that, you know, because then those guys are, are not going to be highly rostered at that point. You can you can slot in your CMCS. You don't have to be completely contrarian in a contest like that. You can put in somebody who you who you like who's going to be popular, and it's not going to make you lose.
2: See, I I don't want to say I disagree with you, but I think in that example you set, I think if you want to double stack Jacksonville, that's fine. I don't think you have to run back a Brandon Cooks in that situation. I think you I think you kind of can get a little too like if you're talking about the Millie maker hundred percent because you need to find that outlier game. That's going to happen. But when you're talking about people only have three entries or one entry to put in there, you're not necessarily going to be running up against these teams that have every scenario stacked out. And I still like the game stack, but I think I'm a little bit more picky because I like Jacksonville. I'm not running back anything on Houston because there's nothing there. I like, I mean, I, where where would you possibly go in that situation? So for me, like if you like Minnesota and you want to run back Cincinnati, fine, I get it. But that one scenario you throw out, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the red I black eyed Joe. I think the state. messaging is the
3: messaging is the same, uh, and you should be doing a game stack. That's that's where I, I the correlations are too too tough to hit otherwise, unless you're doing like a. A 500 max and ent- uh, 500 max tournament then then you don't need as much correlation but typically these things are you know a, a few thousand.
2: all right devin, you're up next give me give me some tournament strategy this week that you want to go with
1: yeah I, I I sort of throw I sort of throw roster percentages just completely out the window in the single entry tournaments. I try and if I want if I want Christian McCaffrey, I'm putting him in my lineup. I'm building it sort of as like a cash with upside type lineup where it's like, I'm going to have a quarterback. He's going to be stacked with the receiver. And I'm going to take the guys that I'm the most comfortable with that have the the biggest upside. If it hits great. Um, but I'm going to treat those as sort of bankroll builders and that um, not being crazy. I think that people make the biggest mistake of trying to treat those like a normal GPP where yeah. they're taking these like, low percent chance plays and 10% of the field is dead before the tournament even starts.
2: And, and I think you have to do that in the Millie maker situation. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Even like the 20 entry max $3 on DraftKings. There's when you got a hundred thousand, some odd entries, you know, you kind of have to hit the nuts as they like to say in the poker world. And sometimes that takes taking the major outliers and three entry max, single entry. I don't know that you have to do that. Um, Phil, what's your preference in tournament play? You like the limited entry or, or are you a, a mass multi-entry guy? And you didn't turn your mic back on. He gave me the, he gave me the finger wag. One second. Because he changed his microphone. His We were talking too much. The show went too long. His AirPods died. Do we need to buy you some new AirPods there, Phil?
1: He's struggling. All right, <laughs> let's, let's move on. We're already he over gave, an hour. He
2: gave, us, he, gave, he gave us the nod. All right, we got to right. get out of here. Um, We'll get Phil some new AirPods that will last longer than an hour than in case we, we, we run a little bit long. But we want to thank you guys for giving us a listen and a watch here. Uh, footballguys.com. You can find all the work that John, Devin, Phil do. And, and beyond that, they've got just incredible – stuff from top to bottom they've got their their own optimizer they've got their own um, uh, ownership projections if you're into the dfs and of course you know from season-long players they give you the whole rankings who you need to play each and every week from the roto grinders side of things if you're hardcore into dfs or you want to get more into it I'll tell you what, we've got an optimizer that gets all the bells and whistles you could possibly think of. Some of the greatest players in tournaments are providing content for us, and uh, I hope you check us out, rotogrinders.com. So for the boys, John, Bill, and Devin, I am Dan Bach. Thank you for tuning in to the Football Guys DFS Power Grid presented by Rotogrinders. We'll talk to you again next week. We will see you.